Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Back UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Back UK family and stay tuned. Hi and thank you for joining me on the Relax Back UK show. The topic this week is one we've looked at before but it affects just so many people so often I think it's worth a revisit. It's back pain and my guest is physiotherapist Sammy Margot and we cover many aspects of the problem. Sitting in a C-shaped slumpy slouchy position on your bed or on your sofa really is not ideal because this actually has an impact on your joints, muscles, ligaments, discs, nerves and all of the stru- your structures in your body and can actually cause you to become a little bit more weak and as a consequence with muscle atrophy you actually will lose your form lose your good form we look at working from of working from home how to avoid back pain in the first place treatment for back pain where to get advice and help and lots of other things so please do stay around for a great show thank you Sammy Margot is a physiotherapist and she's part of the Mind Your Back Expert Hub. So my first question to her, what what is that? What is Mind Your Back? So thanks so much for welcoming me onto your podcast. The Mind Your Back is a hub that actually gives lots of advice, information and guidance in terms of how you can help manage your back. And if you want more information, just go to www.mindyourbackuk.com. And this has been created by Mentholatum, the makers of evidence-based topical muscle and joint products. Okay, so essentially it's a website. It's a website that has some info about your bad back and maybe what to do it. Now, I mean, yeah. it seems seems like, well, you're, you're bumping to people with bad backs all the time because you're a physiotherapist, but <laughs> it seems for regular people, Probably a day goes by when you don't come across someone who's got a bad back or complaining about a bad back. So just how many of us do suffer from having a bad back? Well, as someone who's been a physio for getting on for nearly 35 years, I've had my fair share of exposure to back problems. So many years, I'd say 35 years ago, it was six out of 10 would experience back pain at some point in their lives. But the stats now grown and it's now getting close to nine out of 10 of us will experience back pain at some stage in our lives. And I'm sure that every one of you that's listening has had at least a twinge, if not a major episode or multiple episodes of low back pain, neck pain, or pain in the back region. Right. Okay. So it's getting worse. All right. Well, I guess that, yeah, that leads on to two It's yeah. unquestionably getting worse. And there's a few reasons for this. I think part of the reason is we're leading increasingly sedentary type lifestyles. So many of us are working from home, working from our sofa, working from our beds. So many of us are more sedentary. I think we're dealing with an aging population that has actually learned to increase the let's say quantity of life but not quite sussed out how to improve the quality of life which is a problem that we're dealing with and I think that we're not quite there with the preventative side of things but I think we are most certainly moving towards the preventative side of things so as a physio who's been around for a very long time I've seen the whole great-grandparents all the way through to great-grandchildren's cycle 
and the consequences of certain behaviors and lifestyles and all the things that happen as a consequence of not actually taking care early on in life and then not taking care as you get older and what's not helped as well is covid so there's been this kind of a blip in society whereby many of us have kind of not done a lot for two years and what I've noticed particularly in my older target audience is within two years they've certainly aged by anecdotally what I'd say is five to seven years so there's been quite a drastic change in the degradation and degeneration of some people who've actually stopped doing stuff because if you don't use it you will definitely lose it. So you're, you're, you're talking here just essentially keeping active, are you? I think it's not just keeping active. I think it's it's multifactorial. So it's ranging from keeping active little and often throughout the day. It's exercising, having a structured exercise routine. I think it's really reflecting, and I'm sure we'll discuss more about this, on how you're sitting, standing and lying in bed and making sure that you're varying those positions because we will discuss there is no perfect posture. And But it's also looking at the other factors in your life, um, which I'm not gonna go into, which is obviously nutrition and also looking at um, what you're doing, what kind of activities you're doing even come winter, as well as maintaining a positive healthy outlook on life so dealing with your mental health side of things but I'm as a physio I'm obviously highly focused on the physical health side of things and how that kind of has an impact on your physical body but also how that has an impact on your mental health as well but my focus is very very physical. All right let's home in a bit on the physical side of things now you you mentioned Covid that had major physical differences to our lives for many many people and of course the main thing uh for well office workers anyway that you know which is that's certainly not everyone but a lot of office workers spent a lot of time working at home and there's been a tail to that lots of people are hybrid working now or some are still working completely at home Mm -hmm. uh, which came with its sort of physical difficulties can you kind of maybe mention a couple of those And I mean, things like working at the dining room table and stuff like that is what I'm talking about. Yeah, so interestingly enough, this mindyourbackuk.com campaign has actually looked into this and they discovered that over a quarter of Brits sometimes work from the sofa, while 16% of them admit to doing this often. And there's also a large number of people, in fact, 64% of people that admit that they eat from the sofa as opposed to at a table. So it might be comfortable, but what you're doing is you're slouching and slumping on the sofa. And this really is not ideal. And basically another stat which we found is that 27% of people do not do daily movements and stretches, which again could be having a huge impact on the problem. So. COVID certainly changed the way we think, the way we work, the way we exist. We're way more working from bed, working from sofa, working from home. Just just simply the act of commuting can actually already add another 3,000 steps to your daily step count. So just the fact that we're not even doing a baseline of activity is a serious problem. And as you know, sitting 
on inappropriate surfaces and working in inappropriate places isn't great for our backs, isn't great for our postures. But at least people have got time to pop to the physio, osteo or chiro during the day because they're working from home. <laughs> okay, right, so all that makes perfect sense, but just home in a little bit. Just say, I decide to work today sitting on the sofa. No, I'm gonna start off working in bed and then I'm gonna move down to the sofa. All right, just outline why this is bad. You know, why shouldn't I do that anyway? It feels kind of comfy. Well, it does feel kind of comfy. And actually, the research is really interesting here because many, many, many years ago as a chartered physiotherapist, it used to be all about having the perfect posture, which is a perfect workstation set up. I think what's changed now is we're a bit more flexy and there isn't the perfect posture. And we're more into varying your perfect posture. So it could be that ideally what you want to be doing instead of slumping on your sofa working is that you want to be sitting some of the time at your perfectly set up workstation and you might want to be having a bit of time standing at your ergonomically designed workstation and sometimes you might want to be kneeling or sitting or standing at the kitchen table so I think what's key is varying your posture throughout the day but varying a good good form good posture throughout the day and sitting in a c-shaped slumpy slouchy position on your bed or on your sofa really is not ideal because this actually has an impact on your joints, muscles, ligaments, discs, nerves and all of the stru your structures in your body and can actually cause you to become a little bit more weak and as a consequence with muscle atrophy you actually will lose your form, lose your good form. Right. So but it's unlikely to you're unlikely to feel it the next day. It's kind of in five or 10 years time, you might think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. So you're right. It is, it is a little bit more on the cumulative side. It's not something that just happens overnight. It's not something that happens overnight. But for example, just take the scenario of you working from bed. That's really not an ideal place to work from on a full-time basis so it's okay for a little bit of time and even working from your kitchen table at an inappropriate setup where you haven't got any um I'll do some visual stuff here now even though we are not visual but basically if you're working from your kitchen table and your kitchen table doesn't have any arms you're going to be using your shoulders to lift up your arms whilst you're working and that might put a little bit of stress on your neck and shoulders what you want you want a nice workstation setup not only is it good for your form but it's also good for your thinking it's also good for just just having a good space to work and many many of our patients are using for example as many of you are doing at the moment you're using um laptops instead of desktops and there's a lot to be said for getting a second keyboard or a second screen so that you're in a slightly more ergonomically or a more appropriate or fitting the task to man not man to the task which is really important yeah well I, actually so I, I'm working at home and uh, um, I'm, I am using a laptop um, but actually what I'm doing I'm, I've got my laptop on just some wooden blocks just to make it a bit higher so that my screen is a bit higher so I'm you know I'm not uh, hurting my neck by looking down I'm looking more across. Um, I suppose, what I'm, I suppose what I'm getting at 
is that often around the home you can use stuff that you know you can find in the shed or what have you and you know you can get a bit creative um i heard a great creative story of someone working uh, from the ironing board for a bit just because so they could stand up that's fantastic so that or even the kitchen surface so that's a great standing desk so kitchen table even if you tool put a little put a chopping board on you know you know one of those thick butcher blocks put that on top just to help it eat more but I love that ironing board idea because when you, you you just need to really think about how you're working and where you're working from even if you want to do a bit of standing use a shelf if you've got a shelf that's an appropriate height try thinking about using a shelf um and there's lots of different little ideas that you can use just to get yourself into a slightly better position. But you need to be in a position for a certain amount of time in order to do your thinking. But even stuff like talking, you could walk and talk. Why can't, we've got all these mobiles, they are mobile. Why don't we go out and have a walk and talk meeting? You've got your ear pods, walk to the park and actually have a meeting on the phone with one of your colleagues whilst you're walking in the park and talking. This is what, we need to use modern tech positively. And what that means is we need to use it in a way that advantages, advantages, I can't even say the word, but gives us an advantage um, sure. so that we're using it in a way that's ideal for us. So, yeah, so some issues about working from home, but obviously before COVID, when more people worked at the office, it's not like everything was fine then. Right? Anyway, you know, there were some problems when we were all in the office. And the, the thing that always amazes me the most is that, you know, on your first day at the office, whether you're six foot six or five foot one, you know, you're shown your desk and your desk is the same height as everyone else's. It's 72 centimetres high. Um, I know. Seems a bit bonkers, so, doesn't it? You're so right. I mean, as a physio, we've gotten involved in doing ergonomic assessments because there is an obligation for the employer, to, if you're sitting for longer than a certain amount of time, for your, to provide your employee with a safe working environment. But also you've got an obligation to provide yourself with a safe working environment and make sure that you are sitting with your BBC, with your bum back into the chair so that you are sitting properly at your desk. But you're completely right. The really six foot six guy was sharing a the same hot desk as the five foot one petite um lady and that that's that's not quite the same they've got different requirements they've got different needs they've got different postural requirements but you're right life was not completely rosy before covid but i think we've become a little bit we've we've changed our lives haven't we we're, we're more from yeah. home we're more from sofa we've changed our lifestyles and I think we're a little bit more self-reflective about our physical well-being. We've had a bit of a shock to our system and we're more focused on physical well-being, more focused on mental well-being. And I think there's a lot more information out there for people to help themselves. And even we've got on this mindyourbackuk.com campaign, we've got a whole bunch of information that runs through, I've got five major tips that can help you get your back better that I'm happy to go through with even now or a bit later on into the yeah. show. All right. Well, look, I'm sure one of those tips talks about what you're sitting on or even what you're standing at because, you know, these desks that go up and down uh, are wonderful. I like them. I've got one of those and uh, I, I really like it. So talk to us a bit about uh, those two things. 
Is that so, is that one of the things on your list? Yeah, funnily enough, how did you guess that is one of the things? So one of the things that we'll be talking about is your posture. So what you want to do is ensure that when you're sitting, standing, and sleeping, you're doing this with good form. There is not the one size fits all. So in standing, making sure that your ear, shoulder, hip, and ankle are in line. Try standing with your back against the wall as a really good guide. When you're sitting, make sure that your ear, shoulder, and hip are in line. Try sitting with your BBC, your bum, into the back of the chair. I love saying that. Um, yeah, so just let me pick you on that. So the bum at the back of the chair, what's, what's the point of that? So it's just to make sure that you're actually not slumping because when you think about it visually, many people sit with, if you imagine jeans pockets, the jeans, the, the top part of the jeans pockets, it's what people sit on when they're slumping and slouching. And what we're trying to say is try and sit on the lower part of the jeans pocket, unless you've got those really slumpy jeans pockets. So it's really to set you up in a really good position for starters just so that you don't slump. Now, I'm not saying that slouching or slumping is bad or sitting upright is good. I think both of them are considered to be acceptable, but I think being able to vary it and having a good set point from where to start is a really good thing to do. Gone okay. are the days where we just said that you have to sit upright all the time. We're not saying that anymore. We're saying vary your posture, move little and often throughout the day. And then moving on to sleep, making sure that your body is in the midline position, be it that you're sleeping on your front. Hang on, I'm going to interrupt you there because I want to go oh. on about the chairs a bit more. Okay, chair, chair, chairs. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Chairs, back to chairs. Our, our body is actually quite a good design, isn't it, to kind of support itself. And... Um, Sometimes I hear people saying, oh, I can't possibly sit without backrest. And I think, well, actually, you, you know, you do quite a good job when you're uh, sitting on a stool or you're walking about. You can support your back actually pretty well. So this, this idea of being right back against the backrest, that's more. That's not necessary to use the backrest to support your back. That's to sit on a specific bit of your bum, is it? No, not, not necessarily. I mean, I think you're completely right that you don't necessarily need a back support. But for some people that are deconditioned, they find it difficult to sit without a back support. So I wouldn't. So you might get these balls that you can sit on, but then the balls can go into these little chair holders that give you a little bit of a back support. I wouldn't say that you would try either one or the other for long periods. I think try both. I agree with you that it's definitely worth seeing if you can sit up without being supported. So I have a game that I play with all my friends when I go to a restaurant, which is I sit on the chair and I play a competition to see if any of them lean forwards on the table or lean backwards on the chair or lean to the side. And just to see who's able to self-stabilize and self-support themselves when they're sitting at a restaurant without having to lean on anything in many cultures people naturally sit on the floor um, and are very used to different postures I think in the west we've got used to having a chair as a physio when I see people in the waiting room sitting in the chairs I know what's the matter with them before they've even stood up by how they are in the chair to see whether they are actually which way they're they're sitting which way they're supporting themselves so it's not essential to have armrests or backrests but if you're not used to it and you do need this support it's not a bad thing yeah I, I think moving 
is probably a good thing. It's just chairs that support everything. I sometimes think, well, you might as well be in bed. And actually, if I was paying you, I'm not sure I want to pay for you to just be in bed. Although we were talking about working in bed with your laptop earlier. Um, yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think the key is moving little and often throughout the day and not relying on one particular posture to be held in continuously for a period. It's, it's a lot more flowing. Our thinking is a lot more flowing than it used to be. I still think the principles of kind of ergonomics exist, but we're not saying that there is the perfect posture because we're all so different and we've got different needs and different ages and different strength levels and different requirements for what we need to do in our lives. Okay so the topic is bad backs and we've been speaking about posture variation and motion um, this is a good moment maybe to mention the back app chair which keeps you in a constant gentle motion and it strengthens the muscles that support your back it has helped thousands of people who are either in pain or who want to do something positive to help their posture um, have a look at my website which is relaxbackuk.com for more information in the uk i can often arrange for people to trial out uh, a chair try out a back app chair so you can really experience firsthand the benefit that it can give you um, the website again is relaxbackuk.com. Please do have a look. Now, on with my chat with Sammy. Sure. All right. Anyway, I interrupted you. You were launching off on another topic and I interrupted you. So apologies you for that. You did interrupt me. You did interrupt me. So I was talking about the thing that we have at the Mind Your Back UK.com, which is called Steps. And those are one, two, three, four, five steps. One is stretch. S for stretch, T for therapy, E for exercise, P for posture, and S for strength. And I'm going to quickly cover each one of those, if that's okay with you. Sure. So just starting off with a stretch. So if you can give yourself a good stretch several times a day, and I hear that you're a yogi, aren't you? Um, so just stretch several times a day. It's a great, great way to loosen tight muscles. And if you want some more information, go to www.mindyourbackuk.com forward slash stretch. In terms of therapy, see what I'm really into is over-the-counter therapies and or accessing physiotherapy, osteopathy or chiro immediately. So you, what you want to use is either hot, cold or anti-inflammatory type products to help you manage your back pain. So hot, what that will do is it will soothe muscles, aches and pains, and it can ease tight muscles. A cold can be fast soothing and is great for um, acute problems. And anti-inflammatories, if you haven't got any gut problems and you're allowed to take anti-inflammatories, it can be quite effective relief from back pain or muscular aches and pains. So that's the therapy side of things. But accessing straight away is really important. And you were going to ask me a question. Yeah. So um, just go back to the hot or cold. So if, yeah. so if you get a twinge, you're in pain, the thing to do is the, the modern thinking is keep moving and to help you with the moving, you can either have something maybe hot or cold that, or that's a couple of things you can do. I, I didn't quite get the difference. When should you use hot and when should you use cold? Now that my friend is a really good question. So normally from the zero to 30... I just love it when my guests say that's a good question. I feel like I'm doing <laughs> my job. <laughs> so normally, but because everyone always asks this, 
So there is a bit of a variation on the theme, but the current thinking is zero to 36 slash 48 hours from an injury. We normally encourage you to use cold because that causes some degree of vasoconstriction, which is shutting down to minimize any potential bruising, bleeding in the area. So that's in the initial stages. Normally thereafter, you can move on to the hot, or I wouldn't call it hot, I'd call it warm because that can actually soothe aching muscles um, and just relax the area. But I will say that you do have this other zone in between the two, which is personal preference. So me personally, if I get an injury, I prefer heat because I can't bear the cold. So for me, I find that I respond much better to heat, even irrespective of what the research is saying or what we're meant to be doing. And I'm a physio and I've got a lot of people, interestingly enough, from the Middle East that would never, ever, ever in a million years use ice. They'd think I was going absolutely mad. Whereas equally, I'll have a rugby player from Exeter who would never even consider using heat. They would only, their go-to is ice for everything in the whole wide world. So I think there are some cultural differences, personal preferences, but the general rule of thumb is acute, is cold, and further down tends to be warm. Okay, so get, get yourself moving. And yeah. if, if, it, if it sort of continues for any, any time, see a therapist, be that, a physio, an osteopath, a chiropractor. Um, now, what would you, I mean, you're, you're a physiotherapist, but, and I know all those people are trying to do the same thing. Are they essentially kind of, they're trying to do the same thing? Are they using vastly different methods? You know, who's, well, who should we go know, and see? This is a really good and interesting question. Again, you ask a really good question. I get asked this a lot, you know, what's the difference between the three of us and ultimately it boils down to the therapist not the therapy so it's pissed not pee really is what I would always say so you might have had a relationship with a your local osteo and when you have a problem you've gone there before and it really works for you stick with that that's what I encourage you to do you might have a fantastic physio that you have to travel across London to and that's what works for you stick with it all of us are using pretty similar techniques, pretty similar modalities, massage, mobilizations, dry needling, electrotherapies, manipulation. We're pretty much the same, but it all boils down to the therapy. I've been qualified for 35 years, so my techniques are going to be very different to a newly qualified physio or a newly qualified osteo or a newly qualified... So, so it's very much what works for you so i'd say it's all about the therapist not the therapy is the answer to that question which i always get asked okay now if someone has got a bit of a twinge and they that you know they've had pains in the past but they they've held off going to see uh, a therapist um help put them their sort of concerns at, at bay what actually happens when someone who's suffering from back pain comes and sees you what do you do to help them so what we do to help people we, we we're not curing anything i i don't want to pretend to you we're not curing anything what we actually do as physios is we're optimizing the conditions in order for nature to take its cause so we're not actually curing anything so, for example, if you have a back pain and you can't move, you might come to me and I'll assess you. I'll do a subjective assessment, understand how you did it, 
when you did it, what was the mechanism of injury, how long it's been around for. I'll then, then do an objective assessment, which looks at your movements, your muscle strength, and I test your neurology just to see what's going on. And after that, I'll formulate a treatment plan in order to help get you better. And that treatment plan could be exercise therapy, strengthening, posture re-education, ergonomics, massage, mobilization, dry needling, electroacupuncture, shockwave therapy. Physios have got so many tools. I can't talk for osteos and chiros, but they do too. We've got lots of little tools up our sleeves. I use a lot of taping um, as well, because I used to work in professional football many, many years ago. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of taping and supporting the area. So physios are really great at providing a bespoke therapy to help you get your back pain, neck pain right. better, or optimize the conditions for healing. I've got to ask you, you say you, you, you worked on lots of professional footballers. Were, were they good patients or were they just a touch whingy? <laughs> oh, it was my, my dream job. Um, one of the main reasons that I became a physio, I knew at the age of 14 what I wanted to do. And that was to run on a pitch and um, look after footballers because I, I, I loved, loved, loved football. It was fantastic working in the professional footballing arena, going to matches, home and away, spending time with the team. I, I actually worked for a football club called Barnet Football Club. And in the period that I was there, we were with a fantastic manager called Barry Fry. And we managed to get promoted from what was then the Vauxhall Conference Division. And many of your listeners might have heard of the Vauxhall Conference Division into what was then the fourth division, which obviously doesn't exist anymore. And those were amazing times. It was like I was having the time of my life. They were fantastic patients because they were really motivated. They always got better. They always wanted to be on the pitch playing football. And they were really interested in the biomechanics of what was going on and what they could do to help get themselves better. And I think being being young and, and fit really helps too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, if, if, if you suggested some exercises for them to do to get better, they probably did them, I would imagine. Totally. And exercise therapy is so key. I mean, they would do anything to get back on the pitch, anything to get back on the pitch. So exercise therapy was so, and is still so critical, so key to getting yourself better, just moving and getting things going again. Gone are the days of telling people to have six weeks of bed. I mean, 35 years ago, when someone had a back problem, they were told to get onto bed rest for six weeks. That is totally unheard of nowadays. We, we're not encouraging six weeks of no. bed rest at Wait, all I mean, now. No, no, I get it. Well, you've been a few, 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 You've been through, I'll say it in a moment, you've been through a few things to help us mere mortals, not who aren't professional footballers, if we get um, uh, a, a back twinge, things that we can do. Um, perhaps you, you can suggest a, uh, a, a good resource, a good website to go and have a look at if, um, you know, we need to just remind ourselves of some of these things. Yeah, so a really good place, which has got loads and loads of resources, loads of advice on strengthening exercises, stretching exercises, posture, and all sorts of different therapies is www.mindyourbackuk.com. And there you'll find a wealth of information, loads of advice from different experts outlining the sorts of things that you can do to help improve your back 
problem. Very good. Is there anything on the NHS website as well? I imagine there is. Um, well, funnily enough, I've actually done a whole bunch of videos for the NHS website for back pain. Um, I think there is a fantastic bunch of resources and videos for all sorts of specific pathologies. Obviously, you need to make sure that you've got the correct diagnosis before you carry out the exercises. But I've done a whole bunch of exercises for low back pain with sciatica. There's loads of stuff and it's really well researched. It's really well thought through, really well documented and terribly evidence-based. Not terribly, I mean, very well evidence-based. <laughs> so that's how, that came across really badly. It's really well evidence-based. And we know that exercise, uh, strengthening exercises and mobilising is key to recovery. Okay. That sounds like a perfect place to finish, Sammy. So thank you very much indeed for chatting. That's okay. That's okay. Thank you for having me. That was great. Nice to chat to you. Thank you very much to my guest on this week's show. And that was Sammy Margot, physiotherapist, talking about the Mind Your Back Expert Hub. Thank you to you for listening. And have a healthy week until next week. Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week until next week.